Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi. Um... Today's a long day, so I'm going to try to take advantage of this and maybe share a little bit about the um, tefillah, even though it's a little bit out of the order, but doesn't really matter, because um, I had an idea or two, and uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to front load everything, get as many of these done on the first half of the week as I can, because later in the week I have to go to um, to Lakewood, hopefully for Shabbos, uh, and... Um, in Lakewood of Friday, Saturday, Sunday at least, Monday, for a number of reasons. I have to do a, a wedding in uh, Lakewood on Monday. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, like I said before, let me see if I can uh, do two in one day. Uh, again, I'm talking about doing a, a, a talk about tefillah, an idea or two I have. So uh, this is always a Mishpach Savansky. And I uh, hope they'll forgive me for being a little bit homiletical <clears throat> today. Because it's Rosh Chodesh Shaul. And I'm actually moved to do this because I spoke a little while ago about the Trimus Adeshin. And I thought it was really kind of cute, or cool rather, that the Trimus Adeshin back in the 15th century used to concentrate on certain parts of the Dominic, especially according to what it said in Leket Yosher. He spent an hour on Baruch Shammah, my goodness. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you where I'm going with this. <clears throat> Whenever it comes to Rosh Chodesh Shaul, um, so, uh, it's a very famous introduction that I'm sure everybody's familiar with. The Gitzah Shulchan Aruch brings it out. He's not the one who invented it. Where he talks about the four acrostics of El. <clears throat> one is Anila Dodi Dodi Lee. You know this. One is Ishlareo Matanus of Yonim. The importance of giving Sadaka. One is Mola Shem Zavach which is an interesting one. And the other one is um which is, of course, in, um, what do you call it, about the Ari Miklat. Now, we have in this week's Parsha, of course, the Ari Miklat. <clears throat> it's not that Pusik, but it is um, the, the Indian. The Ari Miklat is discussed in, in Shemos and in today's Parsha, this week. Shoftim, which always falls down an L. Which is kind of interesting. Now, if you look at the Gitzur Shulchan, you will see that even though we usually would group them as four acrostics, four Rashatevis, but really it's three and one, which I find interesting. Um, I'll read you the language of the Gitzur <coughs> Shulchan. I don't know if you can be medayik in it, but it doesn't matter. It speaks to me. And of course, he says when it comes to Chodesh Shaul, as all the books do. Starting already with the, um, you know, with the tour and so forth. Um, who talks about the fact that El, very briefly, I mean, I know you know this. If you don't know this, shame on you. El is 40, 40, 40. It's the third 40. 40 days from the time God pronounced the Ten Commandments until uh, the tablets were given. That would be in Shabbat Thomas. Another 40 days 
for Moshe to pray to God not to kill the Jews because God was in a mood to kill him. That would end on a Rosh Chodesh El. In other words, <clears throat> from Shabbat Shabbat Thomas, you count 40 days, you end up with the end of the month of Av. And starting from today, Rosh Chodesh El. So then Moshe went up a third time, 40 times, to get the Luch That's the bottom line. And there are Midrashim associated with that. That's where you get the idea of blowing the chauffeur. <clears throat> because there is a Medrash. It's just a Medrash. <clears throat> it's not even the Gemara. It's in the Picker Lezer, I think, where it says that, um, uh, what should I say? When Moshe went up the mountain, he was afraid they might start making a golden calf again when he's not there. So they blew the chauffeur every day, maybe even twice a day. And the idea of the chauffeur was, oh, like that. They stopped what you're doing. So they needed like an audio to the Ma'arvevis Satan in the sense of acting as a psychological shake-up. <clears throat> no, as Moses went up there a third time, it's just natural. People start saying, gee, maybe he's not coming back again. This and that and the other. <clears throat> and and therefore, every day or twice a day, depending how you learn, woo, you blow a shovel, you scream loud, and then it's like a shake-up. Oh, no, don't go don't go that path. Um, and then, having done that very briefly, the Kitzchner then says... The following. Harizal calls out Ashilo Tzadabalhimi no Liyadabisam Tilucha. That the Rizal is the one who gave the acrostic of the Arimiklet. Rosh Tabis El. So notice Ashilo Viho Elohim ino Liyadabisam Tilucha. So ino Liyadabisam Tilucha comes out Aleph Lamed Bab Lamed. Okay? And of course, the meaning of that is if you kill somebody by accident, uh, so I will give you a place to run to. That El is a kind of um Ari Mikla, run away from your Averis, from the punishment of those Averis. Ace Ratsan Lakabel Chuba Khatan Shazbachoshana. But Gam Remis Al Shigogo should search losses too with Khodish's and about Shogig, which is one I would talk about. I thought of myself then I saw he says inside. That's A. Now, separate from that are three vorts in the Velterine. In other words, one is the Arizal, and the other three are not. And then he says, Od Amru Dor Shirushumos. <coughs> the Dor Shirushumos, the guys who are into acrostics, Rosh Tevis, you know, more like the Hasidic. You have Umol Hashem Asabofchus Lazarecha, Rosh Tevis El, Ani Ladodi Dodili, Rosh Tevis El, Ishrei Matol Zavion, Rosh Tevis El, which is the Ramus the Chubas Field Tzedakah. So notice the Arizal said one, <coughs> excuse me, the Arizal said one, <coughs> and others said the others. The Arizal no small business. I ain't no uh, big buck in the kids of Arizal. Whenever I have a question, I ask Noah Shavrik. <laughs> He's the expert around here with the uh, kids of Arizal. But um, a lot of people claim to be, but <laughs> he's the actual thing. Anyhow, um, so the Arizal, just interesting, he would come up with that. <coughs> I'll tell you where I'm going. <coughs> I'm a cough today, excuse me. <coughs> the um, this week's parsha. I think this is really cool. Again, there are four Russia Tavis, right? Four uh, acrostics. Um, but the first one is from the Rizzo. <coughs> Has to do with Ari Mikla. What does it say in this week's parsha about the Ari Mikla? It says something very interesting. <clears throat> it says set up three of them. 
what is it? She lost uh, What's the language over here in the Chumash? One second. Pull it out. In Parshat Kiachris Hashem El Kechaz Agoyim, Hashem Nosin Lachol Na is Biyush Tabiyarza. When you conquer the land, Shalosh Sharin Tavdi Aloch B'Tochar Tzchana makes three Ari Miklots. You know, three on one side of Jordan, three on the other side of Jordan. Tochin Lachol Aderech. So, establish the road system between them, easy access, um, and divide into three. So, everybody should run away who kills them by accident. So, this is a shtick with three. Um, this plain and simple meaning is to make it easy access. Like we say in America, one in the south, one in the north, and one in the middle Atlantic. You know, one in the middle. Uh, but the Torah goes through a whole trouble giving all the reasons about it. They have to set up rows, they have to be so-and-so wide, etc., etc. <clears throat> I would say, if I were trying to second-guess the Arizal, that um, <clears throat> you see over here the idea of Shachris Minchamar, that's what I'm talking about, the three. If you say the L is a time, is is, is an Arimiklet, what do you mean when you say L is an Arimiklet? Obviously, it's not the month itself. If I just sit there with folded arms, the reason I'm not suggesting just being an L itself <coughs> is like Ari Miklet. Rather, what he's saying is the davening in the Ari Miklet, the Shachas the Milch and the Marv, that corresponds. At least that's what I understand to me. If not, that's what he should mean. <coughs> that the Shachas Milch and Marv, <coughs> the Shilashta, that's the Ari Miklet. And what that means is that um, if a person dives properly, then even though he has committed something bad, uh, it can be a lanu shomertzeh. It could be a, a refuge. Uh, the idea of El being a refuge is just a very interesting one because um, what you're saying is <coughs> that, the, uh, that the nature of the tefillah is um, special in connection with the type of sins that um, we call shogig. Because as everybody knows, um, El, the Ari Mikla doesn't help you for mazid. <clears throat> now that's interesting. Does the davening per se on El that we're starting today, does that help you for mazid? It seems to be from the re that there's a difference in the sense that we do between the mazes and the show gigs. The mazes, you can't rely on the davening of the month of El. You simply have to go and uh, do it yourself. We do believe in the Jewish religion that just about every sin, <coughs> especially those that are not actionable, and today nothing is actionable because we now have basins with Adam and all that stuff. So everything you do, either maze or show gig, let's say a guy does something maze it, and then changes his mind or her mind and honestly has, you know, a, a, a genuine repentance. Okay, that works. But you got to do that on your own. You understand? you got to do it on your own. That's not an easy process. And um, what shall I say? You know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll come to terms with that or you won't. A show gig, on the other hand, is of a different nature. <clears throat> On the one hand, it's not so severe because you never intended to do it. On the other hand, it's not so easy to get rid of because you don't feel so bad that you did it. 
So then I think he means the davening helps. That's the Ori Mikkel. That would be my understanding. As I said, I'm not trying to be homiletical, but on the other hand, I think there's something to this. If you say, as he does, that the, that the, um, the month of El is, is the Ori Mikla, and there's three of them, then it's clearly the davening. Right? And if she lashed though, the way we have the day divided is more or less than three parts. I mean, not exactly. More or less than three parts. <clears throat> and what it's really saying is like this. For some of the virus, um, the davening has the great facility because at least it stops you in the middle of the daily routine and forces you to concentrate on what's going on. The great enemy, after all, you don't need davening at all. Anytime, I mean, you just say what you want any time, like the Rambam says, used to be originally. And same thing with Teshuvah. You can be Teshuvah anytime you want. But Lamaisa, I got stuff to do during the day, and you got stuff to do during the day, and this and that and the other, you know, takes up all of our time. Next thing you know, nighttime, they wiped out. That's not going to happen. So you put it off until tomorrow. That's the normal derech of the human being. It's just a natural psychological business. <clears throat> Here comes the idea that says like this. Those of Aris that you didn't do on purpose, but you should not have done, you utilize the fact you're in shul, and now you're compelled by routine, by the din, to talk to God, that's where you review those show gigs, which probably amount to quite a few. Now, notice the following. Most people, in the normal way, is going to be there's a lot more show gigs than mazes. Right? Most people. But on the other hand, remember, a show gig doesn't mean a mistake, as we used to do when I was a kid that used to translate it. But shogig involves a certain criminal negligence. Everybody, I think, is familiar. I don't know if everybody's familiar, but many are familiar with the fact that, like Ari Mikla, if somebody kills somebody in an onus situation, there's no Ari Mikla. If Chasper Khalila, the person who's driving on the, on the freeway, and some nut just ran across <clears throat> the freeway, and you ran him over, it's a terrible story. But you had no way to stop that. You were doing 60-70. There was mamish nobody there. And then the thing ran across, like a deer, you know what I mean? There was a human being. That's a show gig. I mean, I'm sorry, that's an onus. In such a situation, the family can't touch you, and you don't need any miklot. The problem would be, if you knew that people were running across three back and forth, and uh, you drove fast anyway, or you were stickle drunk or something like that. In other words, as a show gig, it's a criminal negligence. You get it? I mean, there's degrees. Somebody gets in a car, mom is bombed and drives. I mean, that's that's almost like amazing. You know, so there's, there's a, what's the right word? A spectrum, a continuum. I'm talking about somebody who shouldn't have been driving, but was driving, you know, but could have held himself and then something happened. Or it was a rainy weather and he knew the car could skid and somebody was running and he wasn't driving fist, you know, too, he was trying to do fist, and he hit the brakes, and he hit the guy. I mean, I know cases like this. You may also. It's very sad. I'm not making light of this. It's not much a tragedy. No question about this. But examining it from the perspective of the Avera, so that's what you call Ari Miklat. Um, He shouldn't have done it. He should have known better. They say that if you eat something with a bad, with, you eat something that's trade for the 
with a um, good Hesher, I've heard that that's a show gig, it's not an onus. Because you know that all the Heshers aren't perfect, and you should have gone Viker. In which case, we're all screwed. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's no joke. You understand? But how many people go and examine the Heshers of the Heshers? Uh, rather, we have the attitude, oh, it's, it's, it, it, it's the problem of the, uh, you know, whoever it is, the OU, the Star K, the this one, that one, Chicago, uh, is their problem. That's not actually true. <laughs> it's not actually true. It's a, it's your sin. Uh, it's, it's not amazing. That's for sure. But it's not an onus either. Now, I guess, if I was sitting next to a Shlomo Zalarbach and he ate something and I ate after him, all right, you know, if I was sitting next to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and, and he ate something and I ate after him, all right. But that's not the same thing as eating something with OU or this or that or this Hesher or that Hesher. You know, it, it's, it's what it is. So, um, the bottom line is, these are a lot of show gigs out there. Now, what do you do about that? The MS is, most people, this is my, I mean, I don't know this, I suspect it. Most people, when it comes to Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, we got so many Averas up to the wazoo, that you remember a few, and usually the ones that were of extreme nature. Um, extreme nature. Let's put it this way. Most of the time you say Loshan Hara, you can't really say it's a show gig. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, a lot of times you hurt people's feelings, things like that. Wasn't really a show gig. <laughs> right? But on the other hand, there are a lot of things out there that are learned by way of criminal negligence. I mean, a lot. A person starts to think them through. It's, you know, scary. That's the meaning of the month of El. In terms of what the reason means, where he says she lashed as gul artschol, talking lechaderach, so that you can treat ideationally the davening, the shachas minchamarv, as three times a day, in which you can think like this: Okay, what are the kind of things that I'm usually a show gig on? Now that uh, uh, that I often slip because of the lack of energy, or uh, whatever is the right word, a kind of negligence. I'm not going to say the word criminal negligence, but negligence. There's a lot of that. In my opinion, I'm in the rabbi business. Besides talking about myself, okay, that's true also. I just see a lot of, you know, I'm not uh, perfect. In fact, <laughs> quite the opposite. But, but uh, I'm talking about what I see. There's a lot of show gigs out there. Uh, they, they could know better, should know better. They do it anyway. If you actually confronted the person and you said, you really want to do this? The answer would be no. And that's your sound of the show gig. Like I said before, most of the time, somebody does something, you say, well, you really say, do you really want to do this? Since you put it that way, all right, I won't do it. But usually we don't act that way. Instead, we just let it slip. Then you go into the road, and the road takes over. That's your HR, that's, that's the show gig. Um, <clears throat> so how does it work out at if you want to get a just just my obviously anything I just say is just my opinion my suggestion. Um, Elo, if you take it seriously, like the result saying, you like bring a booklet, <laughs> you write down a booklet, and um, let's say you can identify three. I mean, you want to get real. It's like this: take a booklet. They don't show anybody else. 
and you do the following. Negatives and positives. What are three negatives that I do all the time? And then how can I figure out how to change that? Maybe for some people, one negative. Depends who you are. I'm not being funny, and I'm not trying to be politically correct. Everybody's different, you know. But you figure one thing you're doing wrong. Actually, two. You make a list. Here's something I'm doing wrong, being on welcome. Here's something I typically do wrong, being on That's A and B. Um, now, here's the other half. Then you have another page in which you say this. <clears throat> Aside the fact <clears throat> that I want to get rid of A and B, I want to change when I'm doing an A and change what I'm doing because it's wrong. It's also true that this coming year, I'd like to implement two resolutions. Um, one being on Makkah and one being on Khabir. It's not like a minimal uh, program. But it's very good. And I think the Gedolim, a lot of them did that. <clears throat> I've read places, I remember who, maybe it was Roshach or something like that. I'm taking on this year just to the bench from a bencher. You know, I'm sure you've heard those kind of stories. And he picked something little because he could keep it. But the main idea was <clears throat> you want to move forward. Um, when are these put together? The idea is over here during the Shachris and Mechon During the three times of the davening, as the three Ari Miklots, or rather it's, it's the Ari Miklots as they were divided into three parts. And it even says, Tochin <clears throat> you should try to facilitate the access to it. Which means, in my opinion, don't pick something that's so hard you're not going to be able to do it. Because it's hard to access that Ari Miklot. If you have an, a, a, a show gig, and it's just very hard to get rid of, that has to be treated as a separate parsha. I mean, that's an I mean, that's, that's all-year type thing. But the type of business that typically goes in L, you want to pick something that, that the access to the city of refuge has already been prepared. The road has been widened, as the uh, Gemara says you have to do, and the path has been cleared. It doesn't matter going there. <clears throat> the clearing of the path, they're setting everything up. That's the Avoda in El, you know? That's what I think he means when he says, Now, if I remember correctly, it means that God caused some bad thing to happen. But I'll also make a place you can run to. The here in Leona can mean I made the, the, the three cities, the three <coughs> dominings. Now, once upon a time, there are physical cities. Now, the way Jewish history has evolved, we have three types of dominings. From a firm point of view, this is a historical development, but it's, it was meant to be, right? By the time the process is over, the Jewish days divided into three parts. This is what it's been for more than 2,000 years now, about 2,500 years, roughly, I mean, without getting into details. Uh, that's just very interesting. That's very interesting. And you're supposed to stay there in the Mikla until there's a radical change. Who brings about the radical change? Is it Kohen Gadol? Isn't that interesting? Now, in the case of Ari Miklot, I know the Kohen Gadol dies. I, I get that. But, and in Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol doesn't die. I mean, that typically, that, that's a difference. But in either case, there's some connection over there with the Kohen Gadol. Maybe you can do better than I can with this. I'm giving you Chomer for you to think about. I'll tell you something else. In this week's Parshat, there's all this reference. Maybe I'm getting a little too Hasidic over here. Um with eights, which reminds you of the eights of Das and eights of, and eights of Chaim and all that, because it says, uh, 
You know what that means. The guy swung an axe and the things flew off and killed somebody. Right? Um, so the Torah is picking a, an example. That could be, I mean, usually it's not going to be an axe nowadays. People don't go around chopping trees <coughs> most of the time. But they wanted to pick an example. Well, that's one way of understanding the Parsha. But a deeper way of understanding the Parsha is obviously there must be something with the ace. I'm sure that Ari or somebody like that must go into this Mahalach. Um, because, you know, you're involved with the trees and the next thing you know there's death flying around. Uh, re- doesn't it sound like an Adam and Eve story? Right? They were involved with the trees and the next thing you know is a death running around. And then you have to flee. Right? You have to flee. And if you follow the story of Adam and Eve, as I think we all know, at least the famous story, this is the base of Rosh Hashanah, the original basis was, <clears throat> you know, Venis Basharti. That Armarishan says, I did this problem with the tree, but then Venis Basharti. I did Shuvah and I made a, a compromise. Those I wasn't wiped out. Um, these are just pieces, it seems to me. I'm not speaking this week about a specific, specific paragraph in the prayers, <clears throat> in the liturgy. Um, I'm going to do that this week. But I am speaking about the overarching idea <clears throat> of prayer in the month of El, which we regard in the Jewish tradition as being different than the rest of the year. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go crazy on each and every word, although you can do that like the <clears throat> like the Trimus Adeshin. I can't understand how you could be an hour in Bar Shammar. And I guess I could. I can imagine it. Um, but it's not the spending of the time there. I would argue what's more important is that notebook you bring to the davening. Um, what is the plans to implement the reduction and the removal of the one, the and what's the plans for the introduction to your life and your routine of the positive and the positive which usually means a change in your lifestyle and schedule. You understand? Most of the time, if you want to pick up a new mitzvah, seriously, it's, it involves a certain change. I'll just give you an example. Suppose the guy's talking in shul. I know nobody listens to this talks in shul. <laughs> Right? So I'm talking to Shul. You can't simply say, well, this year I'm not going to talk to anybody. you got to change your seat. You see what I'm saying? You have to make a change. And this would be the month, you know, to implement that kind of business. So it turns out, in this model, at least as I see it, during Miklat, when you associate with the three, therefore it's the three times the dominating, becomes a very, very interesting model of thought as to how to approach prayer and most importantly how to approach resolutions you know resolving to do new things because without the resolutions I don't think the prayer counts much um lip service in, in, in too much I mean it's something you know I'm not I'm not making fun of it you want everybody to go to shul but, but the kind of transformative business that the kids of Shukunaga is talking about that the tour Balaturm is talking about that the Chayyarim and all these other places are talking about it's not talking about, you know, just davening more or something like that, but rather trying to confront prayer as a transformative experience. Transformative experience, you're not going to happen. Lightning's going to strike you. That's not for most people. It's going to have to, to bring the little booklet to show 
and uh, you know during the Shmonesri or whatever it is, you say, okay, here's you know here's target number one to get rid of, and here's target number two to implement. I think, in my opinion, that uh, that's the best understanding of what the Arizal means, at least for people like us, uh, when he talks about the davening and Elas being an Ari Miklut. Uh, anyway, it's an idea I just wanted to share. Maybe it'll stir some of you to uh, pick up and do better than I'm saying over here. In which case, that'll be really great. And once again, we thank our sponsor, Stefanski, and uh, wish everybody a good week. <laughs> I don't know if I should say a good week or a tough week. You know, if you take these ideas in, into mind, then the next couple of weeks are rather demanding. Anyway, have a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.